Howdy, this is the Views from the Shot podcast. Happy Thursday. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, April 13th, 2023, I wish you the happiest of International Special Librarians Day. On today's show, we're going to discuss six specific players who may be linked to Ohio State in some way, who maybe are on Ohio State's roster currently, who may be going to the NBA draft, a la Bryce Sensenbaugh, and a little bit more as well outside of that. But there's been a lot of talk on what the roster makeup will look like for Ohio State men's basketball heading into November of 2023. I don't have all the answers for you, but I do have some. I may have some insights that you maybe haven't heard yet that you haven't thought about. So today should be a pretty insightful and exciting show, if I can say so myself. I love this show. I don't know about you. This is my favorite podcast that I listen to. I don't listen to my own podcast, but if I did, I would love it, and I think you should too. So before we get into this, we're going to get into some pretty deep topics here, some, again, news or just rumblings that maybe you haven't heard of. So I will ask again, I will suggest maybe just subscribe, like, follow. Can you do that right now? I won't get into anything yet. I'm going to give you the time. You don't have to worry about it, okay? Just open up your phone. If you're listening on your laptop or wherever you may be listening, on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google, whatever their platform is, or anything else out there. I know most of our listenership is on Spotify, but wherever you are, please just open the app, click the three dots, or click on the episode, go to the Views from the Shop podcast page, and just hit follow or subscribe or whatever the word is. That's all. Just do that. It's simple. It's free and it's so easy. And all it does is help us out. It helps me and hopefully at some point an unpaid intern out. And we're able to bring you more and more content. By the way, you can find us on Twitter as well at the shop pod. Turn on notifications there too. You might as well. I only tweet good things. So that's that. Let's talk about. The, the roster construction of Ohio State. Right now, Ohio State has one opening and one opening only. Here is how Ohio State's roster currently breaks down. 12 players on scholarship total. Bruce Thornton, the only traditional point guard who is on scholarship right now. Colby Bauman, of course, is a walk-on. Then at the two, you could say, Two or three, really. You've got Roddy Gale, Taysen Chapman, Bowen Hardman, and yes, Tanner Holden. We'll talk about Tanner here in a second. So four players there at the two guard. Then at the three, you've got right now Scotty Middleton and Kalen Etzler. Of course, Bryce Sensaval has declared for the draft. At the four, you've got Devin Royal and now Jamison Battle. So very happy to have Battle on the roster heading into next season. And then at the five, at the center position, you've got Felix Akpara, Zed Key, and Austin Parks, an incoming freshman. Owen Spencer, I've had some questions about him. He took on the scholarship that was owned by Seth Towns last season. So when Seth Towns made the decision 
to leave Ohio State and essentially medically retire, his scholarship by the the date in, in which he left Ohio State, his scholarship was still taken up for that fall semester. So Owen Spencer picked up the spring semester. He was on scholarship, essentially receiving the money that was owed to Seth Towns. Seth Towns leaves. There's an open spot. No one's going to transfer in. So Ohio State, the good guys that they are, they give Owen Spencer that scholarship for the spring semester. Next season, he will again be a walk-on. He will not be on scholarship. So if you were adding that all up in the in your head, or if you weren't, that's okay because I've done it for you. 12 players are on scholarship. One scholarship is available. So the players who I will talk about today, Bryce Enzimbaugh, Tanner Holden, Javon Small, Mac Mbako, McKenzie Mbako, Amir Ali, and Bronny James. Of course, Amir Ali has no bearing on the the scholarship situation heading into this upcoming season, but I want to name him and talk about him briefly regardless. So it'll be Bryce Sensabaugh, Tanner Holden, Javon Small, Mac Mbako, Amir Ali, and Bronny James. I'll talk about Bronny as well. So knowing that we've got one scholarship spot open right now, let's start with Bryce Senzenbaugh. Bryce Senzenbaugh, an incredibly gifted offensive player. Of course, he declared for the NBA draft while still maintaining his eligibility to return back to school. We've seen this happen before. EJ Liddell, after his sophomore season, he did this. He got feedback from NBA scouts. He returned for his junior season at Ohio State. And then, of course, he declared the year after that. And now is playing with the New Orleans Pelicans. We also saw it from Malachi Branham. Branham, a little bit more of a sure thing last season where he declares to the draft. You pretty much know for certain that he could be a lottery pick or just outside the lottery pick. He's now playing very, very well with San Antonio Spurs, or at least he was until their season ended. So we've seen this happen before. Now we see it with Bryce Senzimal where he's really on the cusp right now of potentially getting drafted and potentially coming back to Ohio State. I have been leaning one way and another way. I've been swaying to and fro, as maybe you have, on Bryce Senzema on what he'll do with his decision to go to the NBA draft. It wasn't a surprise to see him declare and retain his eligibility to return back to college. I'll tell you this right now. I don't know anything specifically about Bryce Senzema, but I do know how he and his family may be thinking about this decision. Here's the thing. There's a big difference between being drafted in the lottery and being a lottery pick and being drafted 28th in the first round of the NBA draft. There's a big difference not only in the financial aspect side of things and the guaranteed money you can get, the contract details, and all that stuff. Obviously, it's much better to be drafted higher. However, there's also another difference. NBA teams will invest in lottery picks for far longer than they will invest in a late first rounder or a second round pick. We've seen this happen before. Look at guys like Julius Randle. Look at Brandon Ingram. Players who have had a very, very long leash and are now finally starting to put it together. But 
it took some time and it took multiple years, several, several years of investing in these players before they were finally able to break out. And then you look at players who were drafted late first round into the second round who really get one chance and one chance only. The other thing I will mention about Senzabal is if he gets feedback from NBA scouts that, hey, you're probably going to be a two-way player or we're going to stick in the G League for a year and and help you develop defensively and, and your frame and all those types of things... Do you, do you know what it's like playing in the G League? Maybe you've been to a G League game before. Maybe you haven't. But Bryce Sensenbaugh is going to go from playing in this shot at Ohio State and, and traveling to Purdue and Michigan State and Michigan and Illinois and all these incredible atmospheres to going to play in the high school gym five minutes away from where you live is essentially the exact same atmosphere. Sure, it's fun, it's great to go to a minor league, essentially basketball game, a G League game, but the atmosphere there is not the atmosphere that you get in Division One college basketball. So, Senzenball, that's something that I think you have to think about, and I think Senzenball probably is going to consider that as well, and if he doesn't get the feedback that he likes from NBA scouts, I think that he returns to Ohio State. There's a real possibility that Bryce Sensabaugh is playing for Ohio State next season. Now, of course, if he decided to do that, that would mean there would be one spot open, or that one spot open would be taken by Bryce Sensabaugh. Apologies there. So, I don't know. I don't know what Bryce Sensabaugh is going to do. Ohio State doesn't know what he's going to do. Bryce Sensabaugh doesn't know what he's going to do at this point. It's going to take some time playing, meeting with teams, getting feedback, and this all hinges on the feedback that Bryce Sensenball gets from NBA scouts. That's it. That is really the only deciding factor for him that he'll take into consideration. So just be advised, we don't know what's going to happen with Bryce Sensenball, but I wanted to start there. He's going to have to decide by May 31st. Dates are going to get really, really tricky for Ohio State and for other schools out there because players who enter the draft pool and then want to retain their eligibility and return to college basketball, they make their decision by May 31st. The transfer portal window, that closes on May 11th. So it's going to be a very tricky situation for Ohio State. Okay. I want to tell you a story here, and I'm going to relate it to Tanner Holden. So when I graduated college, with the information I had equipped within my brain, I made a decision. That decision was to buy a car. I had a, an old beat-up car. My, my first ever car was a 2005 Mazda 6. It was a five-speed manual that broke down probably once every three, four months. You know, I'd get a good couple of months out of it, and then it would break down. And once I graduated college, I had a I had a big boy job, and you know what? I said, I deserve a new car. So I traded in. Did I trade it in? I didn't trade it in. I sold it. I sold it for cash money. Those are, those, those are the only moves that are being made on, on this podcast is, is moves for just cash money. I sold my beat-up car for cash money, probably like two $3,000. I don't remember how much it was. Said goodbye to that that nice car with, with a spoiler on the back. I thought it was a sharp-looking car. I liked it for my first car. 
I'd drive it again if I could. I have no idea, no idea where it is now. Probably being sold for parts. Anyways, I decided to buy a new car. Not a brand new car, but a used car. And it was actually, it was a very, very nice car. It was an Audi A3, 2016 Audi A3. And you're probably thinking at this point, why the heck are, are, are you telling me this, Tim? How is this relevant at all to Ohio State basketball? Just just wait. Give me a second. Let me get into this. I'm trying to build something here, okay? So I, I, I bought this 2016 Audi A3 for like 18 grand, right? Like the, the price, it's listed at 12 grand. And then with all the fees and taxes and everything tacked on, I think it got up to like 18 grand or something like that. Maybe it wasn't listed at 12. The details are not relevant. Anyways. I had done my research, and as I did my research, I I found out that, hey, one really smart thing that you can do to build your credit is you can buy a car and get a loan on it, because as you continue to make your your monthly payments, your credit score is going to go up, because you're showing creditors that you are a good person to invest in to essentially finance for whatever you may be doing. So that's what I did. I took out a loan for this car, and with the information I had at that time present to me, I thought it was a good decision. I thought that that was the right thing to do. Then a couple months go by, I'm making like $150 payments a month on my car, and I'm like, you know what, this is kind of stupid. This is a depreciating asset. I'm not doing what I really should be here. I think I should trade this in and get a cheaper car where I don't have to take out a loan. So that's what I did. I got more information, and I changed my decision. Do you understand where I'm going here with this? So with the information I had at the current time, I decided to get a loan on my car. Then I got more information where I'm investing in a depreciating asset, and I'm not going to pay this off for five years. I decided with with the additional information I had, to make a different decision. Now, with Tanner Holden, is this relevant now? Are you are you seeing why I just told you this story? Well, with the information I had, I said Tanner Holden had a 0% chance of returning to Ohio State. That was a little bold, I understand. I knew it at the time, but I felt really good that Tanner Holden would not be returning. And others who I talked to said the same. I just happened to go on record to say it. And then I had someone tweet at me last night, does Tanner Holden still have a 0% chance of returning to Ohio State like you said? I don't remember who that was. I appreciate the comment, and I'll answer that now. I now have new information that makes me at least ponder, sit here and, and scratch my chin and wonder, what's going to happen with Tanner Holden? Well, here's the thing. The transfer portal window closes on May 11th. So we're about a month away from a decision on Tanner Holden one way or the other. Here's the the kicker for Tanner Holden. Holden did not get a lot of playing time last year. That's just a fact. Was it due to his ability? I don't think so. Neither does Ohio State, in my opinion. People believe in Tanner Holden. But he did not get a lot of playing time. So when it comes to Tanner Holden, he could make the decision to transfer out and try to go get playing time elsewhere, or he could stay at Ohio State, and due to the talent that he possesses, and potentially Bryce Sensenball not returning, 
Maybe he gets some time at the three. He's 6-6. I don't know how it'd work defensively, but he's a solid player. Offensively, obviously. We know he can score. So with the information that I have now, here's the biggest issue with Tanner Holden is that he transferred once and it wasn't as a grad transfer. Now the NCAA is cracking down on how much you can transfer a second time. And Tanner Holden, this is the biggest piece to the puzzle. Tanner Holden is not in position to graduate this spring. Tanner Holden will not be graduating this spring, which means he cannot be a grad transfer. You can transfer once with no consequences. You can transfer twice with no consequences as long as you're a grad transfer. But because Holden will not be a grad transfer, he's not going to be able to transfer out without probably missing a year. So that's the biggest thing with Tanner Holden. Now that I have this new information, am I saying it's 0%? No. But what I am saying is there's a high, high, high likelihood that either Bryce Sensabaugh or Tanner Holden are not on the roster next season. I will still hold to that. And from what I've heard, it sounds like Holden is still thinking about what his decision may be. I don't know how how Tanner Holden thinks about this. I don't know what goes through his brain. I haven't spoken with him or anything like that, but it sounds like the door is open one way or another for Tanner Holden to make a decision and return to Ohio State or transfer out. So is it 0%? No. Is there still a chance that he's on Ohio State's roster next year? Yeah, there is, but there's also still a very real chance that he's not. So that's what I'll say about Tanner Holden. He's got to make his decision by May 11th, Transfers everywhere need to make their decision by May 11th. Bryce Sensenball doesn't have to make his decision until May 31st. So will Ohio State try to get Sensenball to make his decision sooner? Probably. Just be advised. That's all I've got on Tanner Holden. That's been a huge topic of discussion. Where does the playing time come from and all that stuff? You can see a path for him. Depends on if he wants to take it. Let's talk about Javon Small. He is a player in the transfer portal right now. A point guard. Classic classic playmaking point guard when you look at him when you watch his highlights when you watch full games of eastern carolina you see a player who has the potential at least to i don't know continue being a solid player at the next level and by next level i mean at a power six a big 10 conference and he's coming from the american athletic conference which by no means is a pushover Houston, the unanimous, not number one, but a unanimous top five team in college basketball last season. That's where Javon Small played in that conference. So he he can play make. He can drive. He can score. He can score off the dribble. He's a phenomenal facilitator of the ball. He's a good ball handler. The only thing he doesn't have is a shot from deep. He doesn't shoot the ball well from three, at least in his career so far in college, and he's coming off a knee injury as well. Knee injuries are always scary. Sounds like he's going to be fine. That's not really an issue that anyone has. Here's what I can say and what I know. Ohio State is targeting Javon Small, and he is a legitimate target. And you may be wondering to yourself, why is it that we see Ohio State targeting 25 players in the transfer portal, and that's all we hear? It's either... the They're targeting him, and it goes immediately in the direction of, typically, 
a player has narrowed down his decision like Javon Small has. He's going to decide between Ohio State and two other schools. And then he commits, and that's it. Like, there's no in-between. And it's pretty simple. Would you like it if if your, I don't want to say failures, but if your shortcomings or whatever doesn't work out, if you express interest in a girl, for example, or a guy, I don't know, I don't know what you're about, but wherever you may express interest in a person and they don't express interest back, how does that feel? Embarrassing, maybe? Sad? Lonely? All those things. This isn't sad boy hours here, but it's it's something worth considering, right? Like, if you're going to go out and express interest and you don't get it back, you don't really want to make that all that clear. And you also don't want to talk a lot about it. So, Javon Small, he's a legitimate target for Ohio State. I know that for a fact. He's visiting Ohio State. A lot of other players that Ohio State have expressed interest in There may be mutual interest, but you typically don't hear about that until a player expresses it himself. That's just how it works. So I I get asked all the time, who else is Ohio State targeting? They're not really going to share that. They're going to share who they're really honing in on when you've got a visit or something like that, like Javon Small. But outside of that, they're not really going to express it. And that leads me to... Mac and Baco. By the way, I don't know where Javon Small is going to go. Ohio State's the last visit on his list, and he expects to make a decision by the end of next week. I don't know where he's going to go. I would love him in the Scarlet and Gray. Ohio State has a need for a backup point guard. We'll see what happens with Javon Small. So that leads me to Mac and Baco. He's a five-star power forward, number seven overall in the nation in the class of 2023, and a number two power forward. This is all according to 247 Sports. Now, right now, it sounds like Louisville is the leader. It also sounds like every school is reaching out to him. He decommits from Duke. That's a a, a big, big move to decommit from Duke. And you've got the ties to Louisville, right? Nolan Smith was a former assistant at Duke. Now he's with Louisville. And Mbako committed a long time ago to Duke. He was one of the first of the class of 23 to make an an actual commitment. So the ties to Louisville are there. It sounds like he's a leader. He's also posting on his Instagram story for what it's worth asking where people think he should go. So if that story is still up by the time you're listening to this, by all means, go tell him to go to Ohio State. Whatever your heart leads you to do, please do that thing. Good advice in life. No, it's not. That's bad advice. Be logical. Be rational. Don't don't think emotionally. Anyways, so with Mbako, I is Ohio State interested? Maybe. My guess, and from people who I've spoken with on what Ohio State is going to do with this class of 2023, it sounds like it's going to be a guard. That's who they're going to go target and try to grab if anyone else. And again, this is such a fluid situation, and it is so, so difficult to manage a roster in college basketball these days because you've got the transfer portal, you've got decisions to be made by transfers in and out. Those don't happen at the same time, a la Tanner Holden and Javon Small. You've got players declaring for the draft who may come back, 
Bryce Sensabaugh. And then you've also got dates that don't line up. The transfer portal window closes three weeks before NBA draft prospects have to declare if they're going to stay in the draft or if they're going to return to college. Very, very difficult. You think you can do Chris Holtman's job. You're really, really good at tweeting in January when Ohio State is losing to Minnesota about who should be playing where. You can do that. Tell me how you would strategize this time of year. It's very, very difficult. That's my tangent. Mack and Baco, Louisville leading on him. It sounds like Ohio State. I don't know if they've if they've been in touch or not. I have no idea about that. Maybe they have. But from what I hear, it sounds like Ohio State is looking for a guard. Speaking of guards, Bronny James. Not going to go there yet. He's going to be the last player I talk about. That's me trying to be a little sneaky and hopefully get you to listen to the entire show. Sorry. It's what I'm doing. Amir Ali. He's class of 2024. Number 35 overall, according to 247 Sports. He's a four-star four star, star prospect and a top 10 small forward. 6'8", 175, very, very long. He's versatile. He can play, I wouldn't say anywhere on the court, but maybe potentially one day he could. He's got an official visit planned for May 6th to visit Ohio State. Here's what you should know about Ali. So the number one thing about him is, although Ohio State has been named a leader in the past couple of days, He doesn't plan to make a decision until the fall, probably August, September, October, from what I've heard. Now, he's playing down in Florida at the IMG Academy, but he is originally from Ohio, and he recently said Ohio feels like home. It's where all, all his family is and all that, right? So Ohio State is a leader. That's all I've got. I don't have anything new on Amir Ali. I just know that Ohio State appears to be leading. He's going to come visit here in about a month. And we'll see where things go from there. All right, last player, Bronny James. Oh, Bronny James. Okay. So this is a player who is talked about by Buckeye Nation constantly. There is an infatuation with Bronny James, and I get it. It's the son of the best player in basketball history or the second best player in basketball history, depending on if you're a a LeBron or an MJ fan, or maybe you're indifferent, kind of like me. I'm indifferent. They're both great players. Can it just be that? No, it can't be because we have to debate. We have to have fun. I get that. And that's why I'm here. If I'm not debating and, and, and having takes like one's on Tanner Holden, then what are we doing? What's the point of having this podcast? Bronny James, of course, has a connection to Ohio. We know that his dad loves Ohio State, supports Ohio State football like crazy and all that. So we understood that a link from Bronny to Ohio State was going to be present. Now, he's crystal balled to go to USC. Oregon is his other option. We have fans constantly obsessed with the Bronny James scenario. I've got people sliding in my DMs asking, what is Bronny James going to do? I have the answer for you. And I've had this answer for several months. And let me just, I'm not, I'm not going to give you the answer. Let me try to lead you to the answer. Do you remember George Washington? Not the president, not him. 
George Washington, the initial commit in the 2023 class to Ohio State. Combo guard that the Buckeyes were targeting. He commits, and then he decommits. Why? Because Ohio State was going to get Taysen Chapman instead. Can you tell me why Ohio State, if they weren't going to keep George Washington and Taysen Chapman, why would they take Bronny James as well with Taysom Chapman? Oh, because the collectives and oh, because it's going to bring so much excitement to the shot and oh, because it's LeBron James' son and, and, and we've got to have that connection. Who cares? You care. That's fine. The general public doesn't care. And you know who doesn't care? Chris Holman. Chris Holman cares about winning. Would Bronny James help Ohio State win? For sure. Would Bronny James be happy being the ninth man on the roster next year? Heck no. Bronny James would not be happy with that. How does it help Bronny James to go to Ohio State? Just think about it. If if you're Bronny, like if you're legitimately one of the best players in the nation, why would you go to a school and to a team that you would be competing to be not only the best freshman on your team, but the best freshman at your position. Plus, you've got a sophomore who will start at the two next season. And you've got other depth pieces like Tanner Holden, who could potentially take playing time from you. How does that sound attractive to Bronny James? Just because he has an affinity for Ohio State, that's not going to cut it. And how does that help Ohio State? Why would Ohio State continue to recruit Bronny James right now? You have your two guard. Not only do you have your two guard, but you also have a freshman coming in who can back up. You also have a senior who has scored a thousand points in his career at Wright State and could get some playing time. You also have a potential superstar, a blossoming, budding player at point guard in Bruce Thornton. It doesn't really make sense for Bronny James to commit to Ohio State, and it doesn't really make sense for Ohio State to pursue Bronny James. So I'm going to go out on the record right now, and I'm going to tell you Bronny James is not coming to Ohio State. And I know. I felt it. I felt the wind rush out of your sails. I felt your heart drop into your stomach and say, Tim, no, please give me hope. And maybe that's been the issue all along, is you've been hoping for Bronny James, thinking what I just say, don't make decisions with your heart, don't be emotional, thinking with your heart rather than your head. Bronny James will not commit to Ohio State. And if I'm wrong, I will burn this podcast to the ground. I won't. You probably will do it for me. But I've heard nothing indicating that Bronny and Ohio State are going to be a match. And as I think about this realistically, I just don't see the fit. Would I have loved in a different world for Bronny James to come attend Ohio State? Of course. That would be fantastic. That would be so fun. But Taysom Chapman has taken that spot in this recruiting class for Ohio State. Bronny James not going to be included. Again, with the information I have right now and how it's, how I think in my head, I don't see any way that Bronny James attends Ohio State. Could it happen? Sure. Maybe it could. But I, I've i got to go out there, and with the info I have, I've got to make a call, and I'm saying Bronny James will not be at Ohio State. You can also make the argument, and people have made the argument with me, Oregon is so clogged up. USC is so clogged up. I get that. 
I don't believe Ohio State is the spot for him. The recruitment of Bronny James has been so weird, so polarizing. He isn't even really able to speak for himself when asked questions about his recruitment. I don't know. From what I hear, from what I've seen, it sounds like Bronny James wants to create his own way. Maybe he just goes straight to the G League for one year. And then he goes to the NBA. I don't know. But I don't see his his time in college being at Ohio State. And I'm sorry. I know. You're sad. I'm sad too. It's okay. We can have our own pity party together. But there's not much to have a pity party over. Look at the roster. Look at what Chris Holtman is doing. This is going to be a good team next year. So that's what I've got for you today. Bryce Ensemble, Tanner Holden, Javon Small, McKenzie Mbako, Amir Ali, and Bronny James. Takes, updates on all of them. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Seriously, like this is this is a pretty good one just in terms of you getting some information and some dirt that you probably don't have elsewhere or that you haven't seen or maybe you've got some some hunches or some news that you've seen that maybe have been confirmed. Hopefully that's the case. I won't speak on things that I don't know about. I will speak on things that I do know about or have opinions on. And that's my promise to you. And I'll never break a promise to you that I can't keep. So that's that. I appreciate you joining today. It's been a fun show. I love I love just sitting here talking to you, even though you don't talk back to me. When you send me DMs, when you, when you like the tweets and you retweet and all that stuff, I, I appreciate that. That means more than you know to me. It's been a great fan base. By the way... We're over a thousand listens on this show. We've been listened to in multiple continents. By multiple, I mean three, allegedly. Multiple countries, multiple states, everywhere. Of course, in Columbus, listens in, in Minnesota, California, Florida, Pennsylvania, everywhere. So it's been really cool. I appreciate you tuning in today. I'll be back again next week. Hopefully we'll have some new news for you. In the meantime, I'll shut up before you shut me off. Thanks for listening. Go Bucks.